Welcome. Glad you're here. Excited we get to hang out and worship. I'm going to remind you of something. If you were here one of the last two weeks, you will remember that this is the week I told you you might not want to be here. Uh, we are still dealing with uh, Relationship 2021, the Covenant Relationship, the Gatherings Covenant Relationship, and there's a card somewhere. If you didn't take one home with you, there's a whole stack of them still right there. It looks like this. There are four points to the Gatherings Covenant Relationship. And uh, so I'm dealing with point number three today. Okay? Uh Point number, we talked all January about the the relationship that we have with God because God invited us into relationship. God provided a relationship. God has gifted to I love the little, uh (laughs) uh-oh. Jack, be glad I saw this. I would have kicked this right at you. Uh, So this this is Trudy's little container cover, and I'm glad I saw it. Uh, God gifted you redemption. God gifted you salvation. God is in the process of refining and making you into the image of his son Jesus. And he does that by gifting you. Okay? That's what God does. God God is transforming us. Um, And and I'm excited about that. That, That's a cool thing to me. Um, uh, Larry... Uh, Rice earlier at the 925 gathering, he came up to me and he said, um, he said, excuse me, are you Bobby's younger brother? I said, yes and thank you. <laughs> See, I had a wedding yesterday in South Carolina, so I cleaned up for it a little bit, you know, and, 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 and that's okay. Now, I know I'm no longer a part of the beard pact or whatever that is you men celebrate, but uh, anyhow... Uh, God is transforming us in a much different way. Not just about cutting hair and shaving beards. Uh, God is is shaping and molding us for His will according to His purpose for His kingdom's sake and ultimately His glory. And, and, And so when we consider this gathering's covenant relationship, the preamble sort of says this, having received Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord, and having been baptized and being in agreement with the gathering's purpose and priorities, I am led by the Holy Spirit to enter into this covenant relationship with the gathering. In so doing, I commit myself to God and to the body to do the following. And so two Sundays ago, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before that, three Sundays ago, I guess, if you include today, I will protect the unity of the gathering, meaning I'm going to love each other. We're going to love each other. We're not going to gossip about each other. We're not going to sit around and talk about each other. Uh, And we're going to follow God's leadership and the leadership God's placed within this body. Now, I began asking the question that week, what are you a part of? What are you a part of? When we consider the body of Christ, we are a part of the body of Christ. We come together as the local body of Christ so we can call ourselves a part of this gathering or this body of Christ. Now, this week, um, I I got to, um, Eli finished his high school basketball career. It's cool, you know. I mean, I had a friend of mine tell me, he said, oh, you're going to cry. I didn't cry. And then we went to the sports banquet, the whole year sports banquet Thursday night, right? And, and Eli plays soccer and basketball. And I'm going to be a prideful dad. Y'all just had to put up with it for the time being. 
But here you go. He got a trophy for being most, uh, offensive most valuable player. Yeah, he scored lots of goals, right? And then, he doesn't like basketball. Uh, he goes to a really small school, and so they don't have a lot of resources. So they ask him to play because he's actually taller than I am. And so um, he's not really, really tall. He's just, he's you know, like that. And um, they ask him to play. He got, on a, he got a basketball award. He got Outstanding Rebounder. So a couple years ago when he was playing varsity for the first time, the coach said to him, the coach said, you know, I just really enjoy Eli, enjoy and appreciate Eli's hustle in the paint. Now, I don't like basketball. I've always been a short man. There's more to the story. Just wait. I said, he don't like the paint. Well, he's talking about under the basket, right? And I said, well, I think I have an explanation for that. Eli is an only child. And if you take his ball, he's going to get it back. <laughs> so he got outstanding rebounder. Uh, years ago, I was the minister of, of youth and activities at First Baptist Buford, Georgia. And, uh, and so it was my responsibility to organize and, and do all of our league uh, sports activity play. So, so I arranged our in, in, with inter-church um, volleyball leagues. And, and, and we'd play two different games going on at the same time in one gym. It was chaos. All right. So, and then I would, I would organize our in, inter-church basketball leagues. And, and, and we had lots of injuries during those days. And, uh, but anyway, I would always put myself on a team that I'd know I'd get to play. And that's because I was in charge. And so I could do that. But we also played intra-church basketball. That's where the Baptists played the Methodists and the Church of Godians. And, and, and all of that, right? I don't mean that offensively. I mean Baptist, Methodist. We, we played all the other churches. Well, there were good players on our team. I weren't one. However, I am gifted in basketball. <clears throat> and so if there was somebody on the other team who was just shooting the lights out, coach would lean over and go, Bobby, stop him. I am a defensive specialist because I am low to the ground. I have a low center of gravity, and I am fast, or I was. And so if, if somebody's loose on a fast break, and, man, they're going down the court, and they're fixing to go up, you know what? I can be under them without them even knowing it. I have those gifts and talents to contribute to my team's success. And here's what I know. I don't know many of the rules of basketball. I can't dribble unless it's out my mouth. Um, I can't do the hand cross. I can't dribble. The left hand's dead. I can't do anything. I can't do that behind the back crossover thing. I can't do any of that stuff. But here's one rule I do know about basketball. I get five. Y'all know what I mean? I get five fouls. And I used them all. <laughs> coach would go, stop him. I'd go, yes, sir, coach. Right? Yeah. That was my part. That was my gift. I had a talent for it. Okay? Just, I'm just, I'm setting you up. You know that, don't you? 
Do y'all realize I am setting you up? Oh, man. At 810, man, I preached this, and, 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 and I was heavy-handed. And I actually had a couple of people say, man, that was pretty heavy-handed. I'm not trying to guilt you today. Don't want to guilt you, but remember I warned you, this might be the day you don't want to be here. So if you get guilty, it's on you and the Holy Spirit, not me. So the three questions I've tried to answer over the last couple of weeks is, what are you a part of? You're part of the body of Christ. You're part of the local body of Christ. You're party, part of what God's doing within the body of Christ, let's say, in this gathering. Right? Now, the second question I tried to answer last week was, what part are you? See, I know my part in the body of Christ. I, and jokingly, I say, I'm the mouth. Right? What part are you within the body of Christ? Right? And, 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 and that's that idea that, that you're going to... Uh, I will share the responsibility of this gathering. I, I will pray for its growth. I'll, I'll invite others to come and worship. And, and I'll welcome people when they get here. You know, we're going to love each other. Jesus said all the world will know that you're my disciples if you love each other. We're supposed to love each other. Right? That, that's, that's, I'm writing gathering in the Word for February. You know why? Because I assigned it to myself. And I'm writing about love. And I spent a couple of days on that idea that Jesus said, the world will know you're my, they, is the, is the phrase, will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. See, love speaks, right? I will share the responsibility of this gathering by welcoming and loving people when they gather. And I shared that last week. And then the third point of the covenant says, I will serve the ministry of the gathering. So here you go. What are you a part of? What part are you? And what does your part do? What does your part in the body of Christ do? You see, here you go. And, and, and this is, uh, all right, so if I offend you today, remember what I say about the Bible. The Bible says I can offend you and you can get mad, but you have to forgive me. But here you go. Do you know, God doesn't call people to be spectators. Do y'all know that? We basically turned worship and, and, quote, church into a spectator sport. Kind of that sitting in the stand watching others do the work. But you don't find that in the Bible. It's not there. God has called us, has gifted us this redemption and included us in his family in the body of Christ. And he has gifted us for the purpose of serving within the kingdom. All right, so from 1 Peter. Now, here you go. I love this because I get to go back to my new favorite phrase in the Bible. Y'all ready? Uh, for years, Mark, Mark Lowry had said that his favorite phrase in the Bible when he was undergoing hardship was, and it came to pass. I like that. Uh, but now this is my new one. The end of all things is near. <laughs> There's some things going on in the world around us that I'm really praying about this one. <laughs> the end of all things is near. Now remember, Peter wrote this almost 2,000 years ago. And he was writing to, to Christians scattered throughout the Roman Empire. And, 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 and these Christians were really being persecuted. They, 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 these were not the Christians that, that, you know, were being made fun of. These were, it was not that they were not being listened to. It was they were being murdered. They were being set on fire like tiki torches. 
They, they were being um, um, uh, uh, killed by wild animals. I mean, under persecutions of the Roman Empire, Diocletian, Nero, others, they were, they were, they, this was bad news. And so Peter writes to them to encourage them in a number of ways. First, he goes about telling them who they are. He goes about identifying them in Christ. And then he goes about giving them the hope that we have in Christ. You see? And that's what he's doing here. He says, the end of all things is there. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Now, I preached for weeks on this passage when I was doing 1 Peter. So I'm not going to get back into the, the context of 1 Peter. There's a, there's a verse in here that I'm going to lift for today's message, but I want you to see it in context to, to this end. He says, uh, be alert, watch out. God's at work. God is going before us into this creation of his, into culture, society, all around the world. And he's telling us, the body of Christ, watch out. Be sober-minded for prayer. Folks, we have got to be in constant communication with God. Not just, you know, now lay me down to sleep. Okay? Sorry, I had to say that. It just comes out. Above all. Now, here you go. Here is a... a when, when you see in Scripture an above all like that, that means he's saying this is important. Maintain constant love for one constant love for one another since love covers a multitude of sins. Now what does that mean? I, I mean I've heard some some I, I will just go ahead and say misdirected preaching on this. It's not talking about the fact that 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 by loving one another we're giving ourselves to sin against each other or to some No, that sin is in the world. Sin exists. Evil exists. There are bad things going on out there. The only thing that is going to rise above the evil in this world is the love of God. The love that God has toward us, the love that he pours into us, the love that, that he has commanded us to share with others. It's really interesting, and, and Paulo, I did it at 8, 9, 25, so I'm going to do it again now. Um, I was preaching about this this loving each other in relationship and and within the body of Christ and all that sort of thing and and and, and Paulo said to me he said you know in the classes that I've been taking and he's recently finished a degree in the classes I've taken he says you know they don't teach that stuff he says matter of fact they teach what did you say W S I C so he said W S I C I said that's probably text language, and I don't know what that means. Uh, but then he shared with me. He said, why should I care? That in the classroom, that is the, the context of how something rises in priority. Why should I care? But we see that all everywhere in the world around us. And it is so contrary to what God has said to us. You see, above all, maintain constant love for one another since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another. Now listen, this, I love how Peter does this. And I really want, you know, I give Peter a little credit, but God put it down here this way. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. You know what? I see people helping, complain the whole time they're helping. 
Y'all seen that? Man, yeah. And, and if you're getting gathering in the Word for February, like I mentioned a minute ago, I, 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 I jumped into 1 Corinthians 13 where it says, Love is patient. And, and I started looking for definitions of patience. And, and long-suffering comes out, you know. And then one commentator said, suffering without complaint. Well, guess what? We all suffer. Huh? But I dare say we do it without complaint. Right? I mean, man. Well, here's he's saying, be hospitable to one another without complaint. That means a, a quiet serving one another. Just loving each other and serving each other. And, and, you know, and then here's verse 10. This is the verse I want to highlight. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. So, God gifted you redemption. You know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. God gifted it to you. You don't deserve it, and you definitely didn't earn it. Okay? But he's also given you a gift from his grace. Now, here's where I think there's some mm, different teachings on this stuff. God is God, and it all belongs to him. Okay? The gifts that God gives, and we're going to see it in a minute, are for His purpose, His will, His kingdom, and His glory, not yours. Okay? God gives gifts, and I am of the mind that God gives gifts for His will and His purpose. And, and, and guess what? He might gift you today according to his will and his purpose. And guess what? You may find yourself in a different place tomorrow and God gift you tomorrow. But there's a teaching kind of in churchianity that says God gifted you this and then folks within the body of Christ started depending more on the gift than they did on God. See, I think that's wrong teaching. It all belongs to God. And when you start co-opting what God has given you, for your own purposes, that is bad stewardship. That's bad management. You ready? Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. See, God's accomplishing something. God's accomplishing His will, His purpose, right? God's accomplishing, and, and as we get into this passage, He's accomplishing His glory. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides. All right, so if you're going to serve within the body of Christ, if you're going to serve the, the will and purpose of the kingdom, then it's going to be based on the strength that God provides, not your strength, not some gift that you've sort of claimed as your own. See that? So as God provides the strength so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. See, God's not going to give you a gift that puts you on a pedestal. Did you know that? 
He's not going to give you a gift that draws attention to you. Let me put that in biblical terms. God's not going to give you a gift that brings you glory. Because he gets all the glory. There's some wrong teaching out there, y'all. Just telling you. Some wrong teaching out there. God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So, so what are you a part of? What part are you? And what does your part do? Okay. The three points in the covenant relationship say, I will discover my gifts and talents. I'm going to discover my gifts and talents. Guess what, y'all? As a child, I was four foot eight in the eighth grade. I was never picked to be on the basketball team. Never. Nobody said, man, we want the little guy. Right? I mean, every goal you ever played on was like 10 feet, except middle school. Then it was like nine or eight or something. But nobody said, we want Bobby. He's four foot eight. See, nobody recognized my defensive skills. Right? So to discover my gifts and talents, sometimes it takes the opportunity and the initiative to get involved. Okay? For instance, um, do you know senior adults can minister to senior adults? Y'all know that? Senior adults can love each other. They can fix meals for each other. They can go hang out with each other and pray with each other. Senior adults can minister to each other. Did you know adults can minister to each other? Men's gathering can minister to men's gathering. Ladies gathering can minister to ladies gathering. Did you know youth can teach their own Bible studies? Now, they need bumpers like at the bowling alley, but they, they can teach their own Bible studies. Two groups in any gathering. They can't just get up and teach themselves, and that's children and preschoolers. Realize that? A couple of weeks ago, I got an email alert. And, and when I started asking questions about the email alert, it was like, I just want people to know the numbers. So between 925 and 1040, a couple of weeks ago, there were 60 children in this building. 60 children. And we, I don't advocate it, though I have said it before. I do not advocate Velcro children's ministry. God entrusts kids, children, to us to nurture and shepherd and teach and grow. Now, I'm going to go ahead and confess it. It ain't my gift. You know, I, I, I can sit down here with them. You know why? That's three minutes. Lock me in a room with them. We all going to get hurt. <laughs> I'm not talking about abuse. Or I, just, I just know, man. That, uh. Now, guess what? I got a kid. He, he's 17 now and bigger than me and, and, and threatens to hurt me at times. But anyway, I mean, I love children. Just don't lock me in the room with them. Okay? But you know something? Somebody's got to be locked in the room with them. So in your, in your seat, somewhere around you, you see this little thing here. It's just an opportunity for you to say, you know what? I want to discover my gifts and talents. Maybe you like playgrounds. 
Anybody here like a playground? Man, I still love those, those bars we got out there where you can do like this. I still love those. And, and, and I'm a bad, bad use of them because I'll get sideways in them and cut backflips on them. You know? Bad thing is I usually do it when other children are present and they learn how to do it. And parents go, don't teach my kid to do that. Yeah, see? No, don't lock me in there with them. Maybe playground's your thing. You just need to stand around the playground and make sure they don't throw each other off the top. It's okay. Maybe you don't want to be locked in a room either, but but you can check temperatures and check them in at the computer. See, here you go, and, and, and here you go. I, I'm not trying to guilt you, not trying to shame you, but here's what I want us all to realize. God has a kingdom purpose, not just for the universal body of Christ, but every individual gathering that comes together. And we are all parts of that. And God has an intent for every part. And he gifts every part for a kingdom purpose. My question and my challenge this morning is, what is your part and what does it do? See? I love the story of Joshua and Caleb in the Bible. That's two old men that had some vision right there. I mean, what was it? Caleb was like 83. He said, just tell me where my land is. I'll go get it. You know, there's no retirement in the body of Christ. It only happens when you work like 20 years for the... Don't say it. All right. I will discover my gifts and talents. I will seek to be equipped to serve. Here's one of the things that we always do, and this is a cultural thing. Our society dictates it. If you want to work with kids, we're going to do a background check on you. It's not because we don't trust you or think something evil, but guess what? The world we live in says, yes, you better do this. So we do that. Seek to be equipped. There's, there, there, there's something to be taught. You know, you don't go in there and teach how to rebuild a carburetor. Now, I never learned that, but anyway. You go in and teach kingdom principles. You go in and teach what it is that the body of Christ is about. It's, it's Christ identity. I know who I am in Christ. I know who we are in Christ. And we want to produce that and reproduce that. What are you a part of? What's your part? And what does your part do? And then the last one is the hardest one. You ready? This hurts. I will develop a servant's heart. A servant's heart. So, 1 Corinthians 13, beginning in verse 4, love is patient, love is kind. Do you know how hard it is to define kindness? It's like one of those words that's just supposed to have an understood definition. But here's the question that I asked in, in gathering in the Word this week was, is, is what does kindness look like? I know how to be kind to some people. <laughs> I, I confess, I don't know how to be kind to every people. Right? So I got to pray about that. I will develop a servant's heart. Do you know what I came across that I believe best, not defines, but describes a servant's heart? To see the need, and if it's within my gift, ability, whatever God provides, 
to meet the need, meet the need. Meet the need. That's kindness. So, what are you part of? Body of Christ. This gathering, this body of Christ. What's your part in the body? Uh, can I just tell you, in the body of Christ, nobody's in the stands. There are no spectators. Everybody's on the field. Okay? Friday night, I get to announce a football game up at Dixon. Um, I'm not in the stands. I'm in the press box with a microphone. And I take an active part. Ask the referees. No spectators in the body of Christ, y'all. Okay? What does your part do? Discover gifts and talents. Equip. Get equipped. And develop a servant's heart. Maybe, you know what, I said this at the last hour. Um, we've been talking about Vacation Bible School. I know y'all are thinking it's February. No, we, we have to plan way ahead. So we're planning Vacation Bible School. And they were in the last hour, so I'm going to go ahead and mention them again. They're not here now. But um, there are all kind of opportunities to hang out with kids during Vacation Bible School. And there's one couple that I want specifically to be in the kitchen. It's Robert and Vicki Hudson. <laughs> I want them in the kitchen. Because when it's snack time, man, that's my favorite time in vacation Bible school. Okay? I don't know what your part is. And it's really not for me to tell you your part. To develop a servant's heart, you've got to pray. You've got to be in constant conversation with God. And you've got to let God lead you step by step into who and what He's asking of you. Okay? That's what this is all about. This little card is just a tool. Leave it in the chair if you don't want to use it. Not going to hurt my feelings. However, if you see in something of God's Word today that, you know what? I could do that. Fill it out and drop it in the white box at the door. Somebody will be in touch with you. But maybe it's not this card at all. Maybe... Maybe you're one of those folks that says, you know, I can't do much, but I can drive. We have people all the time calling, I got a doctor's appointment, I can't get there, can somebody drive me? So we develop a driver's list. And we call down the list till we find somebody and take somebody to the doctor's office. See? All kind of ways to have a servant's heart, folks. Here's where it starts. You ready? It starts with Jesus. If you don't know Jesus... I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you're not a part. Answers the first question for you. If you don't know Jesus, you're not a part. So don't even worry about the other questions until you know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, we want to introduce you. Man, I count it an incredible privilege that God gives me to share Jesus with people, to introduce people to Jesus. Maybe you know him. Or, or maybe you were introduced and, and, and you got some kind of churchianity or something and, and you know your life isn't about living for Jesus. Well, the Bible just describes that as sin, just to be honest. You have a conversation with him about that? Yeah, I can't forgive your sin. Only God can. And the only way he forgives sin is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Okay. That's a conversation you have with him. Maybe. Now, this is the one that people get confused about. 
Maybe you're sitting here going, okay, well, how do I be a part? Well, one of the things, we kind of have a two-tiered thing. This, this covenant relationship thing is, is you can serve in ministry in the gathering by just saying, yes, I covenant with the gathering. Maybe, though, you want to take that other step where you say, I want to join the gathering. I, I, I want to be a part of what God's doing in this gathering. Well, that, you know, we'll tell you about that. You've got to know Jesus is Lord and Savior, Master of your life, and you've got to have been buried, you baptized, because that's the way we do it. Okay? And it's burial. We take you down. And depending on who you are, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we bring you back up. The picture in Romans 5 is buried with Christ, raised to walk in the newness of life. That's why we do the immersion thing. What's God asking of you this morning? What, what is it that God wants to, to do in you? But even bigger than that, what does God want to accomplish through you? Okay, pray with me. God, thank you. Thank you for today. God, I thank you for the opportunity to just dig into your word a little bit, to, to study about your glory and, and our part in surrendering to your work in us and through us that your glory is achieved. God, every person in here has been gifted. And yet, God, it belongs to you. So, God, we want to use it for your kingdom's sake. So, God, speak to us now as we sing, as we praise you for just one little short time more. God, let us bring ourselves under your authority and surrender. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.